1: It's your call for the best college football coverage from national signing day to the national championship and everything in between. CBS sports presents the cover three podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott, that's Tom Fernelli that's Danny Cannell, I'm Chip Patterson. The Oklahoma Drill Draft, an idea that was created in the big old bag of mail from a loyal listener. Uh, we did an all-time version, but now we are going to be spinning it forward here in draft season uh, as we are going to be looking at the pool of players, which is the 2021 college football roster's. So since it is draft time, that's right. We've only got a few drafts left, gentlemen. But this one is really fun because we get to hit the trenches. The offensive line, we will be drafting two of them. The defensive line, we will be drafting two of them. Linebacker, you will get one, and we will be doing one running back. Six rounds, four participants here. The first overall pick, we're going... Last name alphabetical order here, so E-F-K-P, Bud Elliott, you get the F. first pick.
2: Ooh, uh, Tom, yeah, E-E before F. Um, All right, well, do I need to take all my time or can I, can I just go? Because I, I really think this one is a kid I've seen for six or seven years now. We, we knew about him as a freshman down there in Lake Okeechobee. Uh, He then went to IMG. Now he's at Alabama. I still have the photo that somebody from the opening sent me where he weighed in at 374 before his senior year in high school and yet put up just absolutely bonkers testing numbers. Uh, Evan Neal. Yeah. Just an absolute freak for Alabama. Basically, anybody he lines up with is just being escorted out of the building. And uh, I'm going to start my team with Evan Neal. Offensive tackle.
0: And he will be moving from right to left this year with Leatherwood gone?
2: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Um, top 10 player on my board overall, one of the top offensive linemen that I wanted. Like you said, just an absolute mass of a man. And in the Oklahoma drill, like, did y'all start to think about this within the context of the Oklahoma drill? Because I don't know if I could, like, I couldn't just Google best running backs and think that the best running backs are necessarily going to be the best running backs for the Oklahoma drill. And for linebackers and defensive linemen, I've got a you know, I don't, I'm i not going to tip my draft board, but I was thinking about run stoppers more than pass rushers necessarily. Were you all were y'all taking that approach a little bit? I'm not going to.
1: Give away I got athletes.
0: Got athletes. Okay. All right, Tom. Well, give some of your strategy uh, for round one, pick number two with Evan Neal off the board.
1: Chip's out here like, so who are you going to pick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, my first pick, see, this is this is a tough one for me. I'm torn between two names that I would really like to take with this one, and I know that the other one is very unlikely to come back to me. gonna take to marvin leal texas Mm a&m i'm gonna bring some thump right from the start i want somebody who could cause some havoc with my offensive lineman maybe break through and knock that running back backwards before he even gets to the line of scrimmage just just somebody that when my when the offensive lineman gets down and gets in his stance and look picks his head up and sees who's across from him says ah crap
0: (laughs) very good pick it's a great pick uh,
3: so I was curious if there was a number one overall guy. I would have said to Marvin Leal, but Bud's pick I think would be it's a – pretty two. good. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I. I but I'm, I was curious because in all of our drafts, you know, I think there's been players like we've asked the question, is there somebody who's resonated? I think you guys got the top one or two picks that I think – I know I had him as one, two. I don't know where Chip stood, we'll see where he goes. But I do think, like, you're starting to separate yourselves there, and you guys got good picks. Me in the three spot in almost every draft, I'll just keep letting him drop to me. Um, all right, so you guys, I'm going to take – said I wanted athletes. I'm going to go Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. I'm going to address the offensive side of the ball. So I said I wanted athletes, somebody who was – a five-star coming as a tackle coming out of high school, moved down has gotten better at Texas A&M and really come into his own. I think he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. I think he's going to be a top five, top 10 pick in the draft next year. So I'm going to take Kenyon green from Texas A&M. So the top two OLS
1: and the top DL on my board have been gone with the first three picks, including two Aggies.
0: Fascinating because, um, that was not my number one overall. And I, I I do believe that I've got the number one overall sitting right here for me at four. So before I break this into the like next line, I mean, Brian Brazee from Clemson university. I I think that when we're talking about an interior defensive lineman who can cause havoc without even, you know, coming off the edge, somebody who's going to be able to use strength and size. uh, That was, that was the one that I am, I am running to turn in my index card. Um, and I, I kind of think I'm just going to go ahead and cash this out here with uh, the first pick of the second round in our structure. Again, two offensive linemen, two d- defensive linemen, one running back, one linebacker. And if I can still get really, really high-end talent, Brian Brzee was my number one overall. DeMarvin Leal, yes, he was definitely up there on my, um, on my top tier but there's another name here and there's no way that it's going to come back. So if I just want to have absolute game changing uh, disruption from my defensive lineman, I'm going to go with Ohio state's Haskell Garrett and I am done with defensive lineman with Brian Brzee, Haskell Garrett. And I'm feeling very good about that.
1: He was on my list. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure everybody's list. Yeah. Yeah. Brzee was the other guy I was talking about when I said between the two guys, my concern so far for you though, chip is that, your drill could be too defensive line dominant at this point. How like (laughs) Like the offensive line are going to get worked. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of the top. we've already lost two of the top offensive linemen. Who knows there's six more picks before you go again. A few more of them could be gone. You could be looking at like, you know, the number eight offensive lineman by the time it comes back to you having to go up against Brazil and Garrett. I don't know. I feel bad for your running back right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: All right, Danny, back to you. All right, I'm going to go. There's a couple different guys on my board here. I got offensive line addressed. I do want to go defensive line. There's a couple that I'm leaning towards. I think if you go defensive line, you stick with the SEC. I'm going to go Jordan Davis out of Georgia. As a defensive tackle, 6'6", 300 out of high school. He's added to that to get up to 340 pounds. That's going to set up a pretty nice anchor up there for the linebacker to come crashing up for that collision with the running back. So I'm going to take Jordan Davis out of Georgia. On my board. Yeah. Okay, so
1: that's a good pick. Uh, What do I want to do?
2: What do I want to do? There's one guy I really want. I just hope Tom does not take him. (laughs)
0: that was the reason I had to mix it up too because if if we just keep running forward and backward then we're uh we're all getting each other's picks which could establish some good rivalries as we are looking ahead to lock season but I at least want to get everybody a chance to undercut each other for uh for these picks here in the last drafts of the offseason
1: I'm going with an offensive lineman from the SEC but I don't think he's like one of the big name offensive linemen that most fans would generally know. I think that if you pay attention to offensive line play though, he is somebody who has stood out to you over the last year or two Plays for the Kentucky Wildcats. His name is Darian Kennard. He is the first offensive lineman I am taking in the Oklahoma draft. That's a really good pick Tom. Um,
2: But it's not the one. No, I, I, I had one offensive lineman left ahead of him, but like he was literally right there with me. But I'm, I'm not going to the line, I'm going D line. Uh, is everybody else going to weigh in on Tom's pick? Because Kennard's a hell of a pick, I
0: think. Oh, I mean, without I a doubt on the board. And <laughs> the like, couldn't he have gone pro? because i think our last two picks i know jordan yeah, he's da- like a super senior i think jordan davis could have gone pro he decided to come back um he is going to be obviously a huge part of any optimism for the georgia bulldogs stud darian Kennard, stud could have gone pro like these are these aren't just uh great players but it's a lot of experience too just some some old man meat
2: <laughs> old man <That's>, meat slapping <laughs> i like that um all right so i have evan neal a lot of these nose guard types just started going off the board real fast. And there's one guy left who is just – he's kind of built like a fire hydrant. And I think he's just as tough to block and move out of the way. And Keandre Coburn, come on down to Team Bud. Just an absolute beast for Texas. Like Texas had a lot of problems last year. He was not one of them. Uh, when mm. Tom wore the Bevo shirt, I was really – I was like, oh, if you guys are not not watching us on, on Cover 3 YouTube,
1: um, you won't see it. But he's got the Bevo shirt on today. I wore a Bevo shirt to an Oklahoma drill draft, and then two of, two of the first three picks were Aggies. So, like, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give some Texas love here. I I think
2: that's that's the way to go. Um, just he's really dominant and, and as a run stopper, very hard. I'd love to see my team practicing each other, like Evan Neal going up against Kendrick Coburn, you know, six foot six and a half, trying to get you know get under the pads of Coburn. That's gonna be really fun. So that's that's my pick right there.
0: 6'2, 348 pounds, straight out of Houston, Texas. Keandre Coburn wraps up the second round. Bud starts the third round. He's got Evan Neal from Alabama, Keandre Coburn from Texas. Where are you going to start your third round?
2: So I think I can wait on him.
0: That's what you think. Yeah. So that's the thing. There's
1: a couple names where it's like, I feel like I could wait, but I don't know for
0: sure. That's what I really liked about this stuff, because how do you value your offensive line, defensive line, running back and linebacker? What's your priority here?
1: And it's not like you're just drafting like best player or biggest name. It's like you're trying to figure out what you want.
0: I'm going to say apologies in advance. Just as, as a moment of real honesty here at the beginning of the third round, there are University of Washington football players that didn't make my board because I was not able to pull their pronunciations. I know they are very, very, very good, but I just had, I had some too. other options, and I didn't have – and I, there's, there's a couple that yeah. I did look up, but I just want to go ahead and give that one out for any Husky fans. I, I'm going to admit my, my shortcomings here as we uh, go through the Oklahoma drill draft.
2: All right, I'm going to save him. Uh, give me Bijan Robinson. Damn it. I'm sticking with Texas. I, I just think he is like a rare back as far as power speed combo. You don't have a whole lot of room to juke people out in, in the Oklahoma drill. It's kind of, you know, make a quick move, attack a half man, run through them. You know, there's not a lot of times where guys are just completely whiffing. You know, so I, I want a bigger back. I don't know what Bijan weighs right now, but like as a recruit, he was definitely pretty rocked up. And uh, I think he's he's a welcome addition to the team.
1: He was who I was about to take if you didn't take him. Okay. All right. See, now now I'm stuck in a position where <laughs> it's like all flustered. I've got like a bunch of sleeper picks and it's like, oh, I can't just call them all sleeper picks at this point. Oh, man. um. No, that's a very good pick. I think that for this drill, he's he's big, he's fast, he's strong. He's kind of exactly what you want in a running back for this drill.
3: It's early. early for <laughs> a running back, isn't yeah. <laughs> it? It's only six. R-
2: well, I guess, yeah. All
1: right. I guess I'll, mm, I'll pop the linebacker Terry here. I'll take Christian Harris from Alabama. Dang it. Yeah.
3: He's who I wanted, Ooh. number one at the position. I wanted to have a number one at the position there, too. See, I, I had Donna. a
1: sleeper. I was planning on waiting to like the very last round. I won't name him until the end. but I was going to take him with my linebacker spot and fill everybody else out because I didn't think anybody else would take him.
0: But so good for you for sacrificing. Yeah, good for you for sacrificing whatever cool points you'd get on the uh, the sleeper <laughs> pick to just be able to really shore it up with a surefire All American and Christian Harris.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll make the sacrifice. All right, I'm trying to get as many tops at their position as I can feel like I did all right on my guard with Kenyon Green. Um, I'm going to go with somebody I think – so I'm partial to this school for offensive linemen. I played with a guy in Tommy Naylan with the Denver Broncos. Incredible center. One of the best teammates I ever had. Around the same size as this guy. I'm going to go ahead and take Alec Lindstrom – From Boston College, get another offensive lineman in there. I think when it's all said and done, he might end up being the top interior offensive lineman of the class. Boston College turns out the offensive lineman. Another guy probably could have been drafted this year, but coming back as one of the top centers in the country for the 2022 class I'm going to go ahead and get him. And he's, he's athletic. So that's the thing. Tommy Nalem, like this was the Denver Broncos offensive line was kind of smaller. And they just had Alex Gibbs zone blocking scheme down to a T, but they were nasty. That's what I'm going with with Lynch from here. So
0: I think that the number one, uh, center and potentially number one interior offensive lineman in the country is not Lindstrom, but it's my next pick Tyler Linderbaum from uh, mm-hmm. Iowa.
1: Hmm baller.
0: Yeah. I think that, uh, now that, now that we're starting, you know, I'm not really feeling bad for Linderbaum having to go up against Brzee and Haskell Garrett. That's a pro. Okay. You you got to be ready to get in there and, and face players of, of that caliber every single Sunday. So with, uh, with him taken, now I'm going to be going for, mm, it's so a it's a little early for a running back. Okay, I'm gonna be going with from NC State. God, damn it, Ikum I did look up some pronunciations, just not the Washington ones. I'm really sorry. I just. <laughs> you'll,
1: you'll make the sacrifice for a local boy, but if you have to <laughs> yeah, go all the way out west uh, nah, to Washington. I'm not nah, going to have to I'm go to Seattle in a
0: while. I got to see, I gotta see th- these guys from NC State like a regular <laughs> out and around town on lunch. No, I mean, uh, the thing that's so exciting about Iquanu is the, the first place that I started hearing a lot of buzz about him was from other coaches, which is always a great sign because then it's like, oh. Uh, if that is the person that we are very concerned about. Uh, he has you know been yet another one of these NC State you know, defensive linemen, offensive linemen who've really developed uh, in, in a strong way, and I think he's going to have a huge season. I think he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Uh, so now I've got my offensive line and my defensive line short up with Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa and Ika McQuanu from NC State.
1: So I'm aboard.
0: Back to you, Danny.
3: Okay, you got your two?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're
3: time tight to mid. I was following the typing along the way. All right, I'm going to go. So I've got my two offensive linemen, I've got a defensive lineman. I think there's a lot of good uh, players left available. I'm going to take another big interior presence. I'm going to take LeBron Ray, defensive tackle, at Alabama. I think he's going to have a monster season this year. Slowed a little bit from injuries last season. This dude's one of the most intimidating defensive linemen in the country. I like the pairing of my two up front. DL. The interesting
0: uh, piece about Alabama's defensive line is – that it's been really, really strong players, but we haven't been talking about them quite like the some of the defensive lines of 2015, 2016. But those are some dudes. So I, I I don't I don't hate that. But LeBron Ray doesn't have like the full like you mentioned, the injuries. On paper, the stats don't really show him to be someone you want to gravitate towards, but to overlook him would be a big mistake.
1: All right. So Little game theory here. Both Danny and Chip have two offensive linemen, but you've only got one. So I got to take an offensive lineman here just in case to be safe. I am taking from Notre Dame, Jarrett Patterson.
0: Strong interior. He's on the board.
1: Yeah. Just, I, I, feel like you know, I, I think Canard and Patterson together. That's they're going to take up a lot of space, and they're they're pretty violent and physical, especially with their hands and like little short kind of areas. So, I think I think they're going to make for a good matchup for Leal and whoever else I pair them with. I, I can't hate on that
2: man. Um, all right, so I have Evan Neal, offensive line, Coburn DL, and Bijan Robinson at running back. So I'm pretty wide open about who I can take here. Um, all right, except I can't take another running back, obviously. I'm going to go ahead and uh, – he's kind of a sleeper. Do not take him? I'm not – well, I'm going to go ahead and take an offensive lineman. I'm going to go Thayer Munford, Ohio yep. State. I think he's a really good player. Pairs nicely with Evan Neal. Uh, I'll I'll tell you guys who my sleeper was here uh, if I didn't do that for, for later. But uh, I, I, I just think he's he's pretty legit.
0: I'm I'm clo- First of all, everybody's closed out of offensive line. We've completed the fourth round. Everyone has offensive linemen, and I am my big board is closed out. So while there are definitely while we don't seem to have number ones across the board. That is everybody that was on my like wish list for offensive line. Is there anyone else? I mean, we're going to do like best names that didn't make the cut a little bit later, but a uh, li- little sneak preview, or were there any OL sleepers?
1: I would say Danny took Alec Lindstrom from Boston College, and we were very close to surprisingly having two Boston College players taken off the offensive line in this draft, because on my big board is Zion Johnson.
3: Yeah, I had him on there, too. Yeah. Ooh. Did you guys have a MJ Alley
1: of Washington? No. no. I, to- I, told I did you have Washington. Cade Mays, though. Kid may be, that'd be a good one.
2: Uh, MJ is three sixty five, and like his if you look at his PFF grade, his run grade is like best in the country. His pass pass pro grade, unsurprisingly, is like in the red. It's like a huge <laughs> split. That that's the guy I want
1: going straight ahead. In his, his best pass rushing attribute is that he's
3: large, and you have to move around him. <laughs> exactly. gonna have Luke Matthews.
0: Mm-mm.
3: I go from no. the family from the family of NFL Hall of Fame talent would yeah. be a pretty sign. Then you'd have another Aggie on there too.
0: Um, all right, all right bud. My board, bud. You got us. Uh, you're clo- we're closed out on offensive linemen. You've got the first pick here in the fifth round for listeners. Bud has Evan Neal. Offensive lineman from Alabama, Thayer Munford, offensive lineman from Ohio State, Keandre Coburn, defensive lineman from Texas, and Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas. You need one defensive lineman and one linebacker to close your team.
2: Okay. Up. All right. Um, so I'm going to go to Utah here. And I, now, I may have cheated because I did the around the clock episode with Steve Bartle of Youth Zone. So I, I kind of got the lowdown on, on who on this Utah defense is going to be you know, the next stud. But uh, Vinny Mola. Is a really good run stopping defensive tackle there, and uh, and somebody who I'd like to have on my team. You know, three hundred twenty pounder. I've got some beef up front, guys. This is going to be a little tough to move, and and I've got a got a linebacker sleeper who can chase him down later on in the draft, and, uh, and and get him on the ground. So, give me Vinny Mayola, please.
0: Vinny Mayola. All right, that takes us to Tom.
2: By the way, my pronunciation on that may be absolutely horrible. It might be uh, Vinay Mayola. But I'm <laughs> giving my best shot and I'm sick. Oh,
1: okay. All right. You know what? This is, this might be a little sleeperish, but the way the board's broken down, I'm done with offensive linemen. There's quite a few defensive linemen I like. So I'm willing to pass for now. For my running back. I am going to take another Utah pick. He's 5'11", but he's 220 pounds, which is a nice little bowling ball kind of style situation for this drill. So he's, he's small enough to kind of fit into a crease in that kind of narrow gap, but he's big enough to deliver a pop when he gets there. From BYU, I'm taking Tyler Algair Sleeper. Mm-hmm.
0: Sleeper.
1: I just think he's... I think he's a very good, like he doesn't have kind of breakaway speed. Like if you're playing an actual game, he's probably not near the top of your list, but for like a short little five yard burst of action and power and contact, I think he's going to be a lot of fun in this drill. Mm, That's not a bad pick at all.
3: Hmm. All right. I have still to go. I need linebacker. I need running back. I wanted, uh, I'm torn here. A tough spot. I kind of want to go Utah, give Utah some more love, <laughs> but because when I think of Utah, I think of front sevens. I, think, I like. I think of defensive front sevens specifically. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be a sucker for the athlete play for the upside potential. I'm going to take Ventrell Miller at Florida, um, inside linebacker, clog up the middle for me. Um, He's been getting better and better. He could be one of the top inside backers. Only a three-star recruit coming out, though. Makes me a little bit nervous, but he's averaged 5.2 tackles per game, uh, 15 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. I'm going to take him fast and physical.
0: He He gets good. Yeah, yeah, he gets good grades. People seem really excited about that. I don't think that you should let the three-star, the three-star high school rating uh, cause any kind of concern. Um, All right, so I've got two... Uh, running backs that I am eyeing right here. And one of them I think is a little bit more of a, a sneaky play, but the other one just sounds so freaking cool, you know? Like I've got a grown man who I think can bring grown man strength, but when he introduces himself, he sounds like any name off of the DMV roster. But when Tank Bigsby comes up, and decides that he wants to lay the wood in this drill, I just hope he yells Tank every single time he makes contact with the opposing defenders. So for my running back, I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby from Auburn.
1: He's on my list of running backs. He was on my list of four. Yeah. Wait, okay, so now have you picked a back yet? Me? I have, yes.
2: So who is – I need a back. Bijan was on there, right? No, bizon has mm-hmm. gone. No, but he was on nope. Tom's original list. Oh. Tank was on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, All who Garrett's was your fourth?
1: My fourth.
2: Or you don't want to say until until Danny goes. Oh, I, I don't care. Mine's go- this, anyone- I,
3: I need a running back. I have to go running back. Yeah, mine's Brees Hall. Okay, well. Not on my list. Come at me, Iowa State. Let's go. See, Iowa go. State fans. All
0: right. Everybody
1: uh, on this show, like we're going through like a rotation of Iowa State haters. Like first it was Bud, then it was me, and now we are passing the torch on to you, Chip. Okay. I
2: nominated Iowa State last night for a good sleeper pick who could uh spoil like a spoiler for like somebody else's playoff hopes late in the season for Josh Pate's little poll he did. So um uh, I don't know if they took that the right way, but (laughs) they'll probably be pissed. You called
1: them sleepers.
0: (laughs) Well, and see what's going to dig it even deeper here for the Iowa state fans. And this is where I'm going to admit I'm being a little performative because the, the best, one of the best defensive players in the entire big 12 happens to be a linebacker for Iowa state. And so not only might I ignore the best running back in the Big 12 who plays for Iowa State, but I might also ignore the best linebacker in the Big 12 (laughs) who happens to play for Iowa State because I'm way too excited about uh, young Noah Sewell, the boy who is 250 pounds and ready to come in and just be dominant from the linebacker position uh, from Oregon He's young, and I, I felt like I was really... Actually, I've got Brian Brzee on there, so I've got some youth, but uh, I will close out my Oklahoma drill with the linebacker position going to Noah Sewell. So the defense is Brian Brzee and Haskell Garrett up front, Noah Sewell at the linebacker position. The offense, Tyler Linderbaum and Ika Mikwanu, uh from NC State up front with Tank Bigsby at the running back position.
3: It's good All right. It. Quad. Solid. I think you guys are missing the boat here, though. On
0: the idea? Because, like you just think we're not wait, seeing like he it? Like you took the
3: wrong Oregon linebacker? No, no, Ooh. no, no. No, 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 no. no okay. I, there's one out. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, need a running back. So I'm looking at all your running backs' picks. You know, B. John Robinson, he's cute. He's fast. He's sexy. But I remember when I used to run these kind of Clip inside drills that were about contact, were about power. Like... I could either go to work done on this one and see if he could make somebody miss like in a phone booth, which was fun. But when I handed it to William Floyd, he was going to run somebody over. Like we ran 34 wham. He was going to bring it in this drill in the Oklahoma drill. Like you could be either on the receiving end or the delivering end. And even when it's in the offensive side of the ball, I still want to be delivering the blows. So I wanted to go with the fullback. And I want somebody with the chemistry that just the toughness, the physicality with that. You heard, I mean, all along, I've tried to build five-star culture. I don't care about (laughs) five-star players. I want five-star culture. I'm going with Wisconsin's John Chennault. Came in as a preferred walk-on to Wisconsin made himself a roll 6'2", 250 pounds. We don't need to pop off 50-yard explosive plays in this drill. We just need to run you over to get some excitement going. We're going to hear the thump of the pads, and that's what he's going to give for me. So we might not. We could miss a block, and it doesn't even matter because he's going to run over your linebacker.
0: A true strong
1: consideration to just going with four fullbacks on my board.
3: Which would have been a solid. I would have loved it too. Yeah, can't hate on that at all. No. That's
1: that's pretty smart. All right, so I got to finish with a defensive lineman, and I'm stuck between two. But I think I gotta, I gotta play the local route here. He does not play near me, but he grew up near me. In fact, he grew up in Maywood, Illinois, which is literally right down the street from where I grew up. He plays for Oklahoma now. He's a transfer. Perry and Winfrey. Just put him next to Leal. Got two giant men in the middle. Christian Harris behind him, able to roam and take whatever gap they open and he can find and get in and make the, hit, make the hit at the line of scrimmage for the loss. I don't know who's going to be winning very often in my drill, but I think it's going to be really fun to
0: watch. All right. Oklahoma. All right,
3: I, man. Yeah, that's what I, that was wondering. It's a, an Oklahoma
1: drill. That's
3: right. <laughs> fair point fair point
2: all right but so i do want to uh, apologize uh his name is vianne moala thank you producer coca uh for pointing that out to me all right so the guy I was gonna i was going to go with uh is probably the smarter pick here i was going to pick devin lloyd at linebacker the the utah linebacker i mean two-time first team all pack 12 235, makes a boatload of tackles. Obviously, Utah, like they're not going to have a soft middle linebacker starting for them. But I don't know if you guys saw the transfer portal news, and I don't think it's official that this is the reason why this kid jumped in the transfer portal. But two-year starter for Oregon, right? Slade uh, 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 Matuita, he just jumped in the transfer portal And there's a lot of Oregon fans out there who think it's because he was about to lose his spot, even though he was a two year starter, because Oregon signed this dude who is a dude. And I'm I'm this high on him, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with him over Devin Lloyd. Justin Flo was literally suplexing people. Mm -hmm. If you've seen him, his high school tape
1: was ridiculous. (laughs) He
2: looks like The Rock, right? Like he was a five star, not just because of how he looked, but because like he was just freakishly good. Go watch his highlights. Um he's like the only real highlight tape that I can remember high school wise being close to this is Ruben Foster. Right. And except he's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than Ruben was.
0: Because so, he's about 250, is he's like 6'2, yeah. 250. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like go go find a picture of Justin Flow. I'm a little bit shocked that I'm getting Justin Flow with the 24th overall pick <laughs> in in the Oklahoma drill draft. And I just I didn't have him on my board once I decided not to take linebacker. And I was like, wait a second. Chip is going to take the other Oregon kid, which is a great pick. Mm-hmm. I'm just he was he was going my my back sleeper. That I was, okay.
0: So if you had both, if both of you had flow and Sewell, would you have gone flow over Sewell?
2: Yes, definitively. The physi- the, you the physicality. Yeah, okay. just
1: like it, it's a freakish level of physicality. Tom, I think Sewell's a better football player. I I like Sewell just fine, but he I mean I only had four linebackers on my board, and he yeah. wasn't one of them. <sighs> Set, it was Harris. Hmm.
0: All right, so we will run down everyone's Oklahoma Drill draft and share some of the best names that did not make the cut from our big boards, grade each team, and more next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Hey, Cover 3 listeners, I wanted to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with Morning Bus. It's an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know. Then come back. I mean... You could leave us on all day. But at 6 p.m., we're going to have all the night's action. We set the table for you for that sports evening. Uh, we got dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers from the sports world. So how do you watch sports? CBS Sports HQ? It's easy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, pretty much any connected TV, and look for that CBS Sports app. Fire it up. Check out CBS Sports HQ, the only 24-7 free streaming sports network. Okay, let's go uh, squad by squad here before we do our best that didn't make the cut. But Evan Neal, offensive lineman, Alabama is his first pick. Keandre Coburn in the second round, defensive lineman from Texas, keeping it with Texas. Bijan Robinson is his running back, uh, then Ohio State. Thayer Munford, offensive lineman in the fourth round. Vianne, Vianne Moala. Shout out to you, defensive lineman from Utah, and then Justin Flo. Uh, I see, obviously, the double Texas stands out, but you're bringing it sh- home with some strong Pac-12 representation. Uh, what, what, Bud, What? Do you, I'll give you your first word. What do we like about this, uh, this squad?
2: You know, I, I don't know if this is the best football squad. Like, if, if we – like, hey, are you starting a football team? Are these the exact guys you want? But I – I think this squad matches up really well with the Oklahoma drill draft. Like Justin Flo is the most physical linebacker I've seen and probably hell, when was Ruben Foster coming out? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven Twenty twelve. A decade. You know, I mean, you got Evan Neal, who's just a total freak. Um, I think it's mostly just the, the physicality and the size. Like we're we're not trying to make you miss. We're just trying to put you in the dirt.
3: I think you made a mistake
2: with Bijon. I think
3: yeah, you could have had Christian Harris, because Tom picked. I'm looking at the snake, right? You could have had Christian Harris. Is that right? Or did Christian Harris get no, taken off the could have, but
1: I, st- I, I think getting Justin Flow at the end, kind of, because
3: like the top two
1: linebackers on my board were legitimately Harris and then Flow.
3: I think he so could I have think, got Bijan later, but if you want, if you if you wanted Flow all no, along, then you played. I was perfectly.
1: I was going to take Bijan.
3: The reason ah, I took you took Christian okay.
1: Harris was because he took Bijan.
3: Interesting. You don't think Bijan's too small I, for this? That's what I'm worried about. We're all like, I think I think we're all falling in love with B. John Robinson, somebody who hasn't carried that How much. How big do you want him to be? I I,
2: when I saw him in high school, I was like, that that kid's not small.
3: Yeah, he's not a tiny
1: dude. Where does Texas list him at? Let's check. Have we... Uh, 216. Have we, yeah, he's a big yeah. boy. And
3: it's John, because he's oh, too baby, fast. I got 250 he's... coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right, Tom, he's got DeMarvin Leal first pick, defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Darian Kennard, offensive lineman from Kentucky in the second. In the third round, Christian Harris, linebacker from Kentucky. Jarrett Patterson in the fourth, offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Uh, Tyler Al- Algaier, uh, running back from BYU. And then Perrion Winfrey, defensive lineman from Oklahoma. I... My question is first about Winfrey because the fact that Oklahoma has a couple, like like Nick Benito is a really good edge rusher, but I don't know if he is the best Oklahoma drill player. Jalen Redman opt out last season. He's going to be back in the mix. I didn't end up going with either of those two, but those are two Oklahoma players that I certainly had from that defensive side of the ball uh, stand out to me. Sell me on on Winfrey.
1: Uh, I, I like Winfrey in that it was between him and it was Myron Tagovailoa Amos at Notre Dame. I, I ended up going with Winfrey simply because 300 pounds, he's bigger, he's agile. And also like the common theme through the six players that I picked is violence. Like, <laughs> like these are guys. Yeah. Which is what you want. These are guys who get physical, who will push you around, who will knock you around. And in an Oklahoma Joe, that's what I want. And watching Perry and Winfrey, he's not like a, you know, I mean, he's he's an interior defensive lineman. He's in there to make poop happen. He's in there to hit somebody. He's in there to get into gaps and try to penetrate. And I think that fits well going up, especially against my offensive line of Darian Kennard and Jarrett Patterson, him next to Leal. I think that's just, that's a lot of fun for me to watch. I like Tom's,
2: the ability of his team to penetrate too. Like, I think mine's just going to stifle you with line scrimmage and then you're going to have to move around and then Justin Flo, you know, full speed ahead downhill, just, just (laughs) run your ass over. But like Tom has the ability with his defensive lineman, I think to end the play before the backer even gets there.
0: Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Thought that, Mm -hmm. especially with also for the, it was, it seems like there's a lot of like experience on that group. A lot of, you know, we mentioned the, um, you know, Christian Harris, Kennard, Jarrett Patterson, a lot of uh, like DeMarvin Leal is on the young side of it. So
1: these are these are mature young
0: men. Yeah, these are these are old man strength. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Danny has Kenyon Green getting things started. Offensive lineman from Texas A and M follows it up with the pride of Charlotte, North Carolina, Jordan Davis from Georgia, uh, Alec Lindstrom. Offensive lineman out of Boston College is his third-round pick. Follows that up with LeBron Ray, defensive lineman out of Alabama. Ventrell Miller, linebacker out of Florida in the fifth round. And then bringing the pain, the fullback, (laughs) John Chenal from Wisconsin. So we've got four uh, SEC, one ACC, one Big Ten. Felt like you went to the SEC for all of the stereotypical things that you want from the SEC. Uh, yep. how, how do you feel about
3: your squad? I feel solid. I feel really good about my squad. The only thing I was considering doing differently was taking a different running back. Other than that, I feel like I got a top two guy at each position that I had coming in. So I feel really good about it. The only thing I'm surprised about, and this could go to the players left on the, uh, the floor here. Most lists that you look at as far as best running backs available, Isaiah Spiller, somebody who's been physical, he's been one of the top running backs in the most physical conference out there was not taken off the board, but I think we all kind of went different directions for good reasons of what we were looking for. But I think he's an incredibly talented back to be sitting there like, Hey, are you guys going to put me in or what? Oh yeah. And, but like, I, but I, but I, I gotta go with the big fullback in my spot. Yeah.
0: There's a Texas A&M fan who, even though, uh, Two Texas A&M players were drafted in the first three picks of this, right. which, hello, that's a pretty good sign for the Aggies. Probably still furious and screaming at their uh, their podcast listening device right now, whether it's in the car, iPhone, or whatever. Uh, all right. My squad went Brian Brzee in the first round, Haskell Garrett in the second for my defensive line, then Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa, then Eko Aquanu uh, out of NC State for the offensive line in the fifth round, getting Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, and in the sixth round, Noah Sewell linebacker from Oregon. Any any criticisms? Any questions? No, I, I think you did a good team. job. <laughs> 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 I.
1: I I mentioned earlier, was like I was worried about your deep being a little too defensive line heavy, but I do think by getting Linderbaum and Aquanu that you did a good job of kind of balancing that out a little bit. So I think that that's going to be an interesting battle. And then Tank Bigsby, I think, is a good choice for this. And Sewell, like I said, wasn't on my board of four linebackers, but I think he makes plenty of sense. And it's funny to me, too, because we took both Justin Flo and Noah Sewell and just kind of give you like an idea for people who are listening to this, because I can already see tweets about us not picking Kayvon Thibodeau. And it's like, Kayvon Thibodeau is the best player on that defense. Like I said, he's probably, he should be the number one pick in the draft next year. It's just in a draft like this, where we're picking guys for an Oklahoma drill, by putting Thibodeau in that kind of box, you're taking away a lot of what makes him great. Cause that's, you know, that's, he can, he's a good defender against the run. And I think he's somewhat underrated against it, but he's just so much more than that, that I don't think he's a great fit for this draft.
0: This is so particular. I can't wait for people to yell at us about the potential <laughs> number one pick in the next NFL draft. Not being selected. I
3: was like, well, why did you just throw him in there and say, go get him. I like, put him, here's... I put him at
0: 17. I had him at yeah. 17 on my big board with the premise being, if we get all the way down here and he's still available then i i should add, like if for some, whatever not, that's 17 all positions not 17 among defensive linemen among defensive linemen i think he was down at like 5 or 6 with the premise being if if Brzee, garrett jordan davis demarvin leal uh, are all gone it's like well you know what we're just going to go for uh, for speed on the outside but the so the to the players left over i i really liked the idea of Kentucky running back, Chris Rodriguez in the Oklahoma drill. I think yeah. that he is a physical runner. He is so good in the like short and red zone situations and being able to just like drag tacklers across the line to gain or into the end zone. So I thought that Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky stood out. I mean, running back is where we're going to have a lot of, I think some names when I was pitching my tank Bigsby earlier, I was considering him against Brian Robinson from Alabama, Brian Robinson. I kind of think that that's another, like he runs really violently and he's really big. And I think that he would be very good. And I think he can be really good this season, uh, but Bigsby, Um, just, I think a little bit more of a higher end in terms of the performance that we've seen so far. So there were a lot of, you know, you know, Brees Hall, you mentioned Isaiah Spiller. There are good running backs, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what you want to do here in this draft.
2: So Coca had a uh, producer. Coca had a good, good question in the chat. He said, why, why Brees Hall over miles Murphy?
0: Uh, Brian Brzee over Miles Murphy. Excuse me, excuse me.
2: Uh, Brian Brzee over Miles Murphy. Excuse
0: all about. Inter- had
2: it right. I did not.
0: Yeah, yeah, all about interior disruption. Because I think of Miles Murphy as a little bit more of a defensive end, and Brian Brzee, is. A vir- I mean, he's a true defensive tackle, and those were both of my picks. Because Haskell Garrett is also interior defensive tackle type, and that was that was what I wanted. I mean, that was my one and two all positions big board were Brzee and Garrett. So I was very happy to get them uh, at that point in the draft.
2: Was Thibodeau the only, let's call it like six or seven or eight or nine tech, who you guys had on your board, like guys who are are not like not three tech, not you know not not five mm-hmm. tech, like you know thirty four DNs or D tackles. Like was he the only guy who's an actual like four three DN style player you guys had?
1: There there was another player I had who maybe was one of the guys Chip didn't want to include on this board because he couldn't say his name. Um, he's kind of like an edge guy for Washington. He's, he's kind of a hybrid lineman edge guy. Uh, Zion Tipuola-Fatui, who's actually hurt right now, and I don't even know how available his availability will be for the start of the regular season. But he was somebody that I considered. But at the end, he didn't make my board just because I couldn't really decide. Like, there were other guys, beefier guys, more interior guys that I was higher on.
0: What about you, yeah. bud? No,
2: yeah, I, actually, I, I didn't even have have the Washington guy on there. I, it was it was just Thibodeau, um, but like that, I think that speaks to the drill. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you are primarily in a phone booth. It's not that quickness doesn't matter, but like you need to be quick in short area. Like, and and I think Thibodeau has shown that there was some good film. I think Jeff Schwartz had it the other day on, on Twitter showing that he basically pancaked a guy from Utah uh, who who had him head up, which is you know obviously nice in the run game. Um, did you guys have? Uh, did you guys have Aaron Hansford at linebacker or Justin Schaefer or or Ed Ingram
1: at offensive line?
0: I had Mike Rose from Iowa State. Yeah, I had, that was the
1: fourth name on my mm-hmm. board.
0: I had uh, Ed, Ed Ingram. Peyton Wilson from. from NC State and then Grant Morgan from Arkansas.
1: Another Washington player I considered but ultimately didn't take the top four was Edifon Ulafoshio. I'm not 100% sure. Thomas is just flexing player. now with these names. Yeah. I mean, I am probably butchering them. the hell out of them, to be honest with
0: you. <laughs> I'm, I, I, again, Washington fans, I'll, I'll get a few of these pronunciations down by the time, uh, by July. That's what I'll do. I'll spend this week working fair, on pronunciations.
1: To be fair, we didn't have a lot of Washington games to watch to learn last year.
0: Yes. And a bunch of them opted out.
1: Yeah. And the ones we did
2: have, there wasn't a lot of snaps because Washington ran the ball like 70 times. So they were <laughs> yes. over in two hours. It was
1: great.
0: Yeah, yeah. It John was Donovan great. is an OC. Yeah, if you were if you were caught like watching some like 4138 game over on one channel, you could miss an entire Washington football game in the second and third quarter. It's incredible.
1: did not trying to let everybody get to bed at a reasonable hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Um so like to your point earlier, bud if I was to break it out, somebody like an Aiden Hutchinson would be somebody who I was saying, if I was just saying top defensive ends, I mean, he didn't have a Michigan's defensive line, didn't have a great season last year, but super talented. Like is Will Anderson, a linebacker, or is he a defensive end? I mentioned Nick Benito earlier during the show, but I kind of feel like I ruled most of those guys out from even being on the big board.
2: Yeah. Benito is not a guy I want playing head up. Like, I, I mean, he's, he was, wait, was he at Givens, Danny? I, th- I think so. He might have been, yeah. Um, like super quick dude who needed to put on weight to get to like two forty, 240, two forty five. You know, he was like a, you know, it's Oklahoma drill draft. Like you want the big dude, you want the linebacker. You kind of want the guys. Like, can he cover?
3: Right. So I don't. You care. want the guy like, that's not really built for today's college football. Right? Yes. Yes. And that's that's the thing that's kind of crazy in all of this is. And it's a drill they don't run anymore because it you know banging heads too much. But even us discussing where to put guys, I think it demonstrates the positionless nature of the way that the foot that football is moving. Like it you're not and clearly they're going to have positions assigned to them, but they're looking drastically different than they always have historically. That's the evolution of the game.
2: Like the uh, by the way, Benito w- w- went to Aquinas, but he went to U oh. school first. Gotcha. Um
3: the
0: the versatile can drop back in coverage does not matter at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's no. like it's like we're so excited. I mean, Peyton Wilson's kind of like safety or
1: a linebacker. Don't care. He's not gonna be here.
0: <laughs> um near on my big board, just for the LOLs, if tanks if Tank Bigsby and Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez were all gone, I was gonna bring out Frank Gore Jr.
3: Nice. It's just I, I
0: figured, like you know how Frank Gore Jr. just gets clicks. Like it's just, yep. every single time Frank Gore Jr. does anything, then you can count on somebody at the the websites that we work for writing to like watch Frank Gore Jr. impresses his dad with touchdown.
3: <laughs> and there's a chance that Frank Gore Senior could suit up in his uniform because he still looks like he could play in college. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so Frank Gore Senior still playing right in the NFL?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know if he's on a roster
1: right now, but I would bet he is by the time the season starts. <laughs> so that's you and- do the Roger Clemens
2: thing where like you just like, guess what? I'm not complaining road games and I'm going to sit out until like the final third <laughs> of the season. Then you can pay me a prorated amount. And I'll just like if you're in the playoff race, I'm dependable. Pay me for yep. the final four games. i will be fresh.
1: Do do the Fournette plan, like what Tampa Bay did with Leonard Fournette last year, where I think he had like, you know, maybe seven carries per game until the playoffs, and then it's twenty five carries, twenty five carries. Just don't sign Frank Gore until like the day before your playoff roster has to be finalized, and then bam, Frank Gore is your playoff running back.
0: Killer. And then and then that keeps Frank Gore healthy enough so that we get both of them in the league at the same time.
1: Yes.
2: You know, it worked for Buster Posey, by the way. Like to, to flip it to baseball real fast. He took last year off. I mean, with the COVID thing, but like he came back and he's all, all of a sudden he's fresh. He's getting like he, bombs. Dude, he's crushing <laughs> it.
0: That's awesome. The time, the time away was going to lead him to either just decide to hang up the cleats or just come back ready for a, for a renaissance. That's a, that's a no, right?
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That might be one of the best ever to, to lace him up there at Dick Houser Stadium.
0: stadium. <laughs> any, any strong college world series takes.
3: Oh yeah! Are you guys ready to watch the uh, the, the World Series play for the co national championship? Are you, are go. you you're going to give the Wolfpack the? Oh, 100. Yeah. I'm giving the Wolfpack a championship. You better believe I am. This all this fiasco that we call a college World Series championship with a major asterisk over it. Stop the! Steal. I did talk to a coach last night, by the way, who coaches college football,
2: and he was like, honestly, like it sucks for NC State. But this is a great example for us that this stuff's not over and now we can really encourage our team to, you know, get the shot and, and like, you know, not have to sit out games this year.
3: Here's where I would disagree with them. Guess who doesn't run college football? The NCAA. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I wouldn't worry too much about it with them. And, of course, hopefully I'll do what's right for their teams. But that's where I think this ball was completely dropped was there was the fact that they had – numerous players, and I get the vaccine policy and I get they want to do that, but they had players test six days straight for NC State and the NCA still said, nah, we're not going to let you go on because they had, they basically the NCA wanted to ensure that they had a World Series series, you know, best of three. And they started getting nervous because of the rising tests, even though there were enough players that had tested negative to field a team. They were saying, no, "No, no, we want to make sure we get a championship." So I think they protected their own behind at the expense of NC State because I think NC State could have played. And that's how they wrote.
2: That's how they wrote the policy,
3: right? Like, like right. everybody knew. Everybody
2: knew, knew the rules going in, and you're playing with fire if you if you didn't go get the shot. Like you right. had a chance to have a really good team that got bounced. Like that's but why. Vander, that's, that's why Vanderbilt off, got it. There's yeah. The yeah. also a very off, easy way
1: for NC State to go. Oh, go ahead.
3: The thing that's effed up is that once they entered the protocol, because they had two, they had a player get sick, which is the worst case scenario. Then he tested positive. Then they went into contact tracing, and then they started testing more, and then they decided to test the entire team, including the vaccinated players. And then they had four vaccinated players test positive, which put them over the number where the NCAA said no. Like that's they they just. They got into the testing protocols too deep, and you do not want to do that. It's kind—I of, mean, it's similar to the NFL drug policy. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in the program, you're screwed. Like, you're going to get tested every day. It's a nightmare. Where if you want to smoke whatever you want, you just have to be smart about it, and you can do whatever you want. It's not that dissimilar here. What
1: NC State should have done that could have gotten them around all of this was just have the players buy tickets to the game, because then it doesn't yes. matter what you do.
3: <laughs> Exactly. That's the thing that's just hilarious in all of this. They could have gone to the game, sat in the stands all together with arms around each other, <laughs> climb, climb over the side, the boots, climb shot over the side, and and a side of boots boots, <laughs> <laughs> and then be like, "Well,
1: we're going to pull these fans out of the stands and let them play for us today."
3: <laughs> wild, wild stuff. I was, but I do think it's going to be a fun series, though. Even that being said, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt should be a fun one. I got, uh, I got Mississippi State though. You guys got a pick? I'm going with the Vandy boys because we're a Vandy pod.
0: Oh, that's
3: yes. why
0: I forgot. <laughs> that's shout out to Barton. So, so nobody is, is there any, cause you understand that with how confusing it was, it was very easy for NC state fans to go all uh, like conspiracy on it. Right. Oh, they, they still are. It's not like that. Okay. Did you read the Kendall Rogers story. I've not yeah. gotten a chance like, to yet.
2: I thought that was actually really good. Like that's a the guy timeline. Yeah, like that yeah. was. It was there was so much stuff on the timeline, like on my Twitter timeline. That reading Kendall's piece, like, okay, this really sucks, NC was, state. But the like, only I don't, thing
3: yeah. that I think you could, and now, and Kendall Rogers is very clear about this. He said, and all his reporting, nothing said that Tim Corbin forced the testing that pressured the NCAA into testing more like that was a lot of the message board material that was out there which is why NC State fans are still livid at Tim Corbin was the NC State wanted they petitioned to play a doubleheader on Saturday the NCAA denied it they may or may not I don't know if they asked Vanderbilt but if you're Vanderbilt why would you bend over backwards to help your opponent? You know, like why? I would say no. Like we, if we win, we want to make sure our bullpens all right. We want to stay on schedule. Like why what time? Yeah, what
0: time at? is the game? That's what time the game
3: should be. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm. So, but yeah, that's not going to stop. And then there's, of course, somehow, and I don't. It's. I think it's a legit picture. They have Dr. Fauci in a Vanderbilt uniform. So then that lets the rumors run. That's deep state. Seems stuff. legit. <laughs> yeah, totally legit. Yeah, there's a picture of Fauci in a Vanderbilt baseball jersey. We've got politicians
0: a, that are like demanding like trying to like file file these official statements (laughs) demanding that mark emmert be fired over this
3: it's like the way that they're after his extension yeah it's like the way they're
0: rallying the base right now is they're leading the charge to fire the ncaa president
1: dunking on mark emmert that's all it is (laughs)
3: The only thing in all this I think the NCAA could have done, and, and I've said this all football season with the fall, is wait. Like They could have just said, you know what? We're going to flip. We're going to wait a day. We're going to push everything back. Let's get this straightened out so we can have the best championship possible. Instead, they delayed the game by an hour. It was funny because this morning we had Chris Burke on my radio show who called the game. He said – three hours before the game, he's sitting in the NC state dugout. Cause he's brought, you know, he's broadcasting the game and he's getting all this baseball info from Elliot Avent, the head coach at NC state. And he said, the dugout was packed guys coming and going, like taking BP said everything was 100% normal. And then he goes up to the booth to get ready to like put on your headset and call the game. And they were like, uh, there's, there's an issue. Like the NC state had no idea. And if it's that much of a race to get tests and figure it out and you delay it one hour, like I would have said, delay it 24 hours, figure it out, let the other game take place that night, push things back. But I'm sure there's pressure from the broadcast company. Like they don't want to push things back a day. They had to do that with women's. They don't want to do that. I would have said, buy yourself more time, do, like give everyone information. Cause that was a big, you know, putting out the release at 2am was problematic they could have bought more time and then figured out the testing, maybe consulted with more medical personnel and made a better decision other than sending NC State home. I will say that it sucks for NC State, and I feel terrible for the players in that team, but at the
1: same time, anything that makes Will Brinson as angry as this <laughs> did is okay in my book. Also, do you think
2: that people feel bad like in, in the conference for Elliot Avent? Because
3: I do. I think really? I, yeah, I think, in, I think. In the ACC among the other coaches? Yeah, I do. I, I like Elliot. So I've covered him. I like okay. him. Um, but see, again, like he was quoted and it sounded like this MAGA pounder chest, like I'm not going to indoctrinate my players. He got the vaccine. Like, so – he can't be that anti vax. He was just. Oh, no, I didn't mean like, like
2: from an anti vax standpoint. I just right, met right. You meant from like, a met from like a previous a interactions coaching he, against him yeah. <laughs> type <laughs> standpoint. Yes. Yeah, this is way too inside, literally inside yeah. baseball, inside the yeah. ACC. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I, like well, I was, was going to like bring it home, but the point that you just made, like, this is a great reminder that when the college football season starts and we are counting down to the game. We should not feel as though we are all the way back to 2019 with this and some of those same concerns about waking up on Saturday morning and finding out that things are not going to be going as planned as absolutely still the case um, it, especially if uh, if if these teams don't get vaccinated, you know it'll be interesting to see how it'll be interesting to see how conferences write their protocol.
3: Right. I think it'll be vastly different. I don't think the testing protocols. Will be anywhere near what they were last year. I think it'll be very minimal impact. But the problem is, if the impact is your quarterback or somebody else, then.
0: Then it does not feel minimal.
3: Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. What I wouldn't give to have a whole season full of packed
1: houses and not having to worry about last minute test results.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? What's. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Canell. You can follow him at Tom Frenel. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.